2: in the Bible days, they would write on either parchment paper, that would be more paper like you pound up bark and all that, so we call it more botanical paper. Then they would do it on vellum. Vellum would be animal skins that they pounded and turned it into paper. So whether it's paper or, or, you know, plants, paper, or whether you have animal skins that they wrote on, they would then write with different kinds of pens. Now that pen would not have the acid like our Bic pens would have. How many of you growing up, you heard the story, don't use a Bic pen in your Bible because when you wrote in your Bible, it would bleed through. Remember when you heard stuff like that? <laughs> big pen right first time every time with a big pen well they wrote it with non-acidic type of ink they did it so they could wipe and change we would today we had markers how many of you have seen these big white slick boards and if you took a magic marker and you wrote on that board if you used the wrong marker you could not wipe it off how many of you use the wrong marker and you tried to erase it and afterwards you did this <gasps> what have i done all right because now you get a special chemical blah 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 you can't get it off it stays like a stain This is talking about He wiped it off. He took all the sins that you've committed, no matter what they are, whatever was written against you, whatever thoughts that were wrong, your talk was wrong, your walk was wrong, whatever you did, whatever you believed, however you thought about going to heaven, it was wrong. And God says through Christ and His redemption and forgiveness, He says, I'm going to wipe all that stuff away so that you can have a new start with God. And God alone. So he says that he's going to do this. So he wipes it all away. What a glorious thing that is. And then it says has against us, which was contrary to us. In other words, no matter what we even tried to do, it was working against us because it left Christ out. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this at camp. I think it's kind of cute, but I, I want to make sure we don't get so caught up in, in, in doing things that we miss the real message. But... I remember young, younger, uh, long, much younger than I am now. We would take the kids to camp, and we would have them there 'd be a cross. We have one here in the building, it 's just not up here, but it 'd be like a cross like that made out of wood, real nice cross. Then we 'd tell the kids to write down maybe the sin they committed that week or the worst sin they might have committed, or some sins, or as many sins as they could remember, and they would write, you know just privately just on that little piece of paper, We'd tell them fold it up, fold it up, and then we'd tell them that now take that piece of paper, go to that wooden cross, here 's a hammer, here 's a nail, and I want you to take that, and you nail it up there. Now, that's not necessarily bad. The problem is, is we reduce our sins to what we could remember. And with God, every sin that we have done, from motives to everything, that, that cross would be so filled. But the good news is how filled the cross would be with all the sin of mankind for all time, past, present, and future. When Jesus hung on that cross, he nailed it to himself and he says, Now I died and I'm forgiving you. So all that this is in forgiveness, it's not it's not just the Lord saying, You know what, from his high, holy heaven of greatness, I forgive you. I meditated on this passage and I this meant so much to me. If Sin is what man said it was to be, and death is what man said it would be and If man tells us how to get rid of sin and death, the question remains: then why did a high, holy God Jesus Christ ever have to come to this earth it 's because he has a holy hatred for sin, and he sees the eternality of death, and what that is is separation, not so much from Christ from us he doesn 't need us. It's the joy that we will never have by having a relationship with Him. So He had to come to this earth, and He paid for our sins. That's the beauty of what He did when He says, I forgive you. So He forgave you with His death and His blood and His resurrection. Now, if that doesn't motivate us, then all the little trinket stuff we tell you to do and not do, that's not going to do it. There's no rewards, no little buttons and badges. It's got to be inside your heart. It's all about Jesus. All that other stuff is, is okay, as long as it doesn't take the place of. A heart turned toward God and God alone. And that's what this passage is talking about so we have in the biblical view of forgiveness of our sin let's go to number four there's five of these the fourth one is a secular world view of evil authorities over us now I can stay in the context here which I'm going to do but I want to just kind of step away a little bit and, and pack a little bit more into that let's read the verse and I'll show you what I mean it says here having disarmed principalities and powers who did that you know the theme is Christ he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it Now let's go back to the beach again with my little recorder here, okay? Now I'm on the beach again, and I'm going to say what forces are there that are in this world that could come against you? What forces would there be? I think you'd hear some of the following answers. I wish I had time to do all of this and show it up on the screen with nice little DVD stuff. I just don't, so just try to in your mind. I think what you would hear is something like this. One force against me would be Mother Nature. And we're reading a lot about that. Probably the greatest uh, historical amount of tornadoes in the Midwest that they're experiencing. Are you all following that? Other uh, tsunamis and other hurricanes and cyclones and all that that's going on. And, and dams that break. and The list goes on and on. And so they're going to say, look at this force. It, it must be evil. It's funny how that when things go right, God doesn't get the glory for the sunny day. We just, hey, I deserve that. I'm entitled to a good day. When the day is bad, all of a sudden, how can God do such a thing like this to me? So God, they always think is a monster God, and they don't have any understanding what God is like. That's where Christians who need to understand the word as best as they possibly can as they grow in the knowledge of God to present a more biblical, accurate picture of who God is. And even that, there's always going to be that little wiggle room that we're not going to understand everything there is about God. And that should be okay by us. And every day of our life, we know a little bit more and we get a little bit closer to God. Well, coming back to this, so they're going to say there's nature out there, some kind of this. How many of you are hearing more of this term? Well, you just had bad karma, okay? And so now you got this existential force that's against you, and they put it underneath the, uh, an umbrella of some religious system of karma. And then we could talk about angels or superior beings. And so they're going to classify some angels as good angels and bad angels. And there's white witchcraft and black witchcraft. And and we can go on and on with this whole story. So again, the world still sees some kind of force out there. And even when God is a part of this force, by far the majority of them don't understand what part does he play in those forces of nature. But here's what we know about Christ. Now this is kind of interesting. Before man ever committed his first sin, God had the plan of salvation already in his mind. And you can read that as Paul wrote to the pastor named Timothy. So God already knew man would fall. And when man fell, immediately God had a redemption plan in place because man would fall. And then through that redemption plan, it would be an eternal one. And that the word would get out to anybody who would trust Christ, would hear about trusting Christ. And that he would then use people like you and me, broken vessels, or willing to be used the best we can as we grow in grace to be that vessel. And so now he comes through this earth and he dies and pays for all sin. So he goes back to those that have died before he died, that were believing in the coming of Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, that would take away the sin of the world. They had a lot of outward things to kind of show that they believed in their heart that that was going to happen. And then he dies on the cross, rises again from the dead, and we look back to that time. So all of history is looking either backwards or forward, depending on what side of the cross you are. Are you all with me so far? Okay. So now you're looking at the cross over here, and here's what he says. Maybe... Now he, I'm, this is Ponsism now. Maybe the only way you're going to see my omnipotent power is if you Jewish dads would tell your Jewish kids about the power of God... Before that, you all left your heritage, Egypt, what was going on during the time of leaving Egypt, the 40 years in the wilderness, and the supernatural miracles that I was performing since then, even through my prophets, to show you that I have power over nature. That's another whole sermon right there. That I have power over demonic forces that are out there. Read the story about how gods were tipped over in the middle of the night, broken and set back up again, tipped over again, brought back to life again. God says, I have all that power. But then, when he dies on the cross... In his own little loving way, he sticks his tongue out at some of those people, in love, in love, and says, Look at, I can even have power over death. I'll die on this cross a horrible death for people who hate me, and I'll still pay for their their sin, provisionally speaking. All that for them. He dies, and he says, Now I have victory over death. I have victory over hell, because hell couldn't keep me. I have victory over Satan, because I said I was going to do that, and Satan let loose all of hell to try to stop me from rising from the dead. He couldn't beat that thing. I'm showing you this. And so now look at the rest of the verse. It's so beautiful here what he does. Christ triumphs over them. It says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. Now here's how that happened. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, using contemporary language 2,000 years ago, reminded them that whenever a a king or a ruler or general would conquer a people, he would then conquer the people. He would take usually his more powerful captives that were generals or military people. He would strip them of their armor, strip them of their weaponry, parade them in front of people. Here were these powerful guys that were challenging us to a fight. And look at we beat them. And so now they would parade them through and they would show how powerful. Who would get all the homage and all all the worship? The great king and his generals and all of the people that were serving him as they went out to battle and so what the Lord is doing right now is specifically saying he took all of those that were the enemy of Christ and he's making a public display of them and I think subtly he's saying you know you worship all these other guys that did this for you but you need to worship me and me alone because I did this for you and that should be an amen on that my friend that is God that's how good God was I tell you I'm so glad that he knows how to disarm these things and I know that he does it for you and me I think some of you play these, these uh, is, it, is it we or why? What's that, that thing you play with a wand thing? Okay. I, I, I was over at someone's house, and they were having so much fun with it. I wanted to play with it, but they were having so much fun. And the pastor, you know, you, you go first. You, you go first. And I'm just saying, <laughs> boy, I'd like to do this, you know. And then how many of you watched? You can get these special televisions now. I can't, I can't describe them. You know more about it than I do, kids. I know you're waking up now. You know all of this stuff. And, and it's like virtual TV. The people look just like that. They feel like that. They sound just like that. And so we think that's called virtual reality. That means that's so close to reality. It's like virtually real. real virtually real. Now, folks, that's how subtle Satan is. I'm not saying don't play those things. I'm just trying to say keep, keep your perspective. Right now, this world, this pulpit, this room is virtual reality. The reason it's not total reality is because you cannot see that in this room, myriads of angels are here. There's a demonic force that's going on the rest of this day, the rest of your life. There is a tension, a a war between um, uh, good and evil. There is a war going on between the eternal, a battle for the ages. Now, when I say that, let me quickly say this, young people, stay with me, that does not mean where you're going to try to have God and Satan fighting it out to see who's more powerful. It is to show us, to permit us to see that this war is going on, but that he is ultimately... And always and only the ultimate king of kings and lord of lords. He is triumphing over this. In fact, he will even use these things that might occur to us in an evil world, for even the wicked will do what God wants. God is that powerful. When God wants it, he's in control. Now, on this side of this, I can say, now, why did he do this? And how come he did that? I don't understand this. I don't understand that. I think what we have to do is to say this. You know what? God is sovereign. I can't understand all of this because we're still in the middle of the play. We're still in the middle of the book. We're still in the middle of the DVD. I don't know what the end of this thing is, except I do know that at the very end, every, new, every time every we confess festival, we'll abolish the whole earth, re- recreate the whole thing. I know all that's going to happen. So I don't understand all of this, but here's what I do understand. He is God. I will worship Him. He is sovereign. And He has the right to do anything with anyone He wants at any time. And that's where we come in. We who are Christians are going to embrace that belief system with Him and Him alone then when we go through things in life, we can still celebrate as bad as it is he's still on the throne. I don't care because it's all about him. He can do whatever he wants. I thank him for it and how good he is. I'm so glad we have that and how blessed we really are. Look what it says that he did. He says he disarmed them. How important it is. It's me. Now, I did that. That's because I saw Grandma Mac sleeping. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. Now I did that. Now, some of you were, some of you were, not, I didn't do that because you were sleeping, but what I did do is this. There was an element of peace, hopefully, in here. And when I set that alarm off, when I set that alarm off, let me give you the illustration, and I'll come back and give you the backstory here. All right. Those of you that are listening on CD or radio, you don't understand what's going on. But let me go on. I turned this on because there was an element of peace in here. But what immediately invaded our peace at that time was not just a car horn. was a screaming, panic car horn that was going off. And for some of you that are fix-it type people, men and women that are fix-it, you're saying, you are not so much fixing blame. Maybe your flesh was for the moment, but you're saying, how do we? who, who has it? How can we get that thing off? Is this a this wreck in the service? What's going to happen? How's the pastor going to handle all of this? And that was Okay. And that's probably a normal response to try to fix something. But my point still being is that in our world today, there's this enemy against the peace that's within our heart between us and God. And Satan will do everything he can, whether he gives you misinformation or he gives you lies or watch... He allows and he creates this issue, it comes again. We're gonna call it events and circumstances of this world. And watch, even the Lord up there, this is cool, this is important, is watching this going on, permitting some of this stuff to go on, permitting all of it, or prescribing it, so that what we do, we remember the teaching we got here today from God's Word. Not me, not this church, but when it says He still disarms all of this. So no matter how bad your world is, you can still have peace. No matter how strong the enemy is, Christ is more powerful and he lives within us. So he disarmed this. I don't disarm it. He disarmed it i promise you that i can leave this on until the battery goes dead until you get away from the sound totally that's what this world is all about that alarm is screaming to you and me every single day all the time and all we have to know that is in christ it is only disarmed by him in him alone so he cr- triumphs over everything let's go to number five he triumphed all powers all powers number five secular worldview of shadows and this kind of as a summary of what he's been saying Notice it says so. That's like saying therefore. With all this teaching ahead of you, don't let anyone judge you in food or drink, regarding festival or new moon or Sabbaths or shadow, of th- which are a shadow of things to come. But there's still the substances still of Christ. So just take a moment and see where it says food and drink. It brings us right back. Do you have to do more? Is it what you eat that you have to do? Does it what you drink matter? Do you have to stop drinking this and stop eating that? Dietary laws? There were dietary laws. But is it doing the laws that gets us into heaven and a better relationship with the Lord? No. Regarding a festival, in other words, do I have to go back and do the Passover again? Or communion? We'll talk about that. Or the new moon, meaning a special day we set aside. This time it was a special day during the month, 28 days when it came around, a special moon celebration. For us, it might not be a. Uh, celestial thing for us it could be just a special holiday that we make so much to do about it it's taken away from the real meaning of it and it becomes a shadow of the real thing but we're worshiping the shadow and you know where i'm going i can talk about the sabbath i don't have time i'm looking at the clock but maybe i need to answer the question why don't christians keep the sabbath today in in the light of the old testament and what was the value of the sabbath and when should we and how do we do all of that right now for this teaching though is that for the communion we have we'll have The bread, and we're going to have juice. Now, the bread represents the body of Christ. The juice represents the blood of Christ. Now, when I see see all this, it's not that I have to eat this bread, drink this juice in order for me to get to heaven. I can eat all of this stuff that I want, but if my heart is out to lunch, all the communion that I take, as frequently as I take communion, is not pleasing a high, holy God. So the bottom line is that we don't put all of this. This is just a shadow of the reality. In fact, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, not this wafer, and we could talk all about the other stuff that's out there. Is it good to go through a Sabbath or, a, excuse me, a, uh, a Passover or a Seder? It's great to see all of these things. But remember, they are illustrations of something more. It's the person of Christ. So we don't worship the event. We don't worship the experience. We worship an intimacy that we have with the Lord, which still comes down to, is it yours and my self-manufactured Jesus? Or is it the authentic Jesus of the Bible even? And that's what he's saying here. And so now it says the biblical worldview is reality again. The reality has come. It's found in Christ. So don't follow the shadow. Follow the reality. I'm going to close with this an illustration. The story is told how late at night there was a ship out at sea. And this particular ship noticed that it was getting to be extremely foggy, and they couldn't see their way very clearly. It was the dark of night. So the captain saw a couple lights out in front of him, so he asked a signalman to signal those people with those lights and basically said this and the captain said alter your course 10 degrees to the north It wasn't long after that he received a response from who was ever sending those lights and came back to him and said no alter your course 10 degrees to the south well that made this captain a little upset you know a little angry for this so he shot back another communication and the communication said alter your course 10 degrees to the north I am the captain. And the person shot back, response said, alter your course 10 degrees to the south. I am just seaman third class Jones. Well, now the captain was completely infuriated because this little nobody here was telling him a captain what to do, so he thought he was going to strike terror in this guy's heart. So he shot back a final one and said, immediately alter your course 10 degrees to the north. I am a battleship. And the response came back quickly. No, all to your course, 10 degrees to the south. I'm a lighthouse. Now, my point simply being this. In our world of a lot of foggy messages and information that you're going to get, and I have, that there's only going to be one voice that we need to listen to, and that voice has got to be Jesus Christ. And His voice will be heard most accurately through His Word. But we then must come to His Word with proper biblical understanding of how to study it correctly. And He will reveal His doctrine and truth to us if we're willing to do, not just know His doctrine, but willing to do His doctrine from the inside out for His glory. So this message about the dangers of intellectual and spiritual dangers coming against us is very real, folks. And I just want to warn you in love that we go back to the source of God's Word. And those of you who are our guests or are listening today... I pray that you understand that going to heaven is not based on anything you do, and you can name it whatever it is. It's no good deed you do, religious or social. It is not who you worship that will get you to heaven. And may I say this? You can even in your own form worship Jesus. But worshiping him still can be a far cry from doing it in truth. And he says, he that believes on me won't perish but have everlasting life. Jesus did not say, He who worships me will not perish but have everlasting life. So worship is something we do as a response of gratefulness for what he's done, not as something we do to get him to want to save us. And then finally, there are not things I need to take out of my life necessarily to go to heaven. I come to him just as I am a sinner. He in his divine sovereignty brings that message of truth, faith alone and Christ alone. I'm convicted by his spirit. I hear his word. Now I'm coming together and how can I not but make the choice to trust Christ as Savior when all that's going on in his sovereignty? And I pray then that at that moment you, you would shed whatever you were taught wrong, go back to the Bible and hear merely the words of Jesus. Truly, truly, I say unto you. Truly, truly, I say unto you. He that believes on me will not perish, but have everlasting life. And you who are Christians, let's not be removed from the message of by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Let's pray, shall we? Right now, how is your relationship with the Lord going? In what ways are you trying to force God to accept you? What traditions are you holding on to that are just shadows but now for you those shadows become so real that if you remove those traditions you all of a sudden feel empty so it became more about the tradition than God do you see yourself complete in Christ lacking nothing because in Christ you have everything what truths did you learn today that will give you greater security and protection against intellectual and spiritual dangers that come your way and is there anyone in here that's willing to humble yourself before a very loving but mighty God and receive from Him the full forgiveness of all your trespasses because you're willing to now place your faith, as small as it is, as weak as it might be, as young as it is, in Jesus Christ in Him alone. So would you simply say this to the Lord? Lord, Lord, I, I believe I'm talking to the God of the universe. I believe that you are the only true God. I know that you are the Lord who loved me and died on the cross and rose again, and I want to thank you for doing that for me, and I'm receiving from you the forgiveness of all my trespasses and that I am now new in you. My sins are forgiven. My heavenly home is secure, and I have you who will never leave me to help me through this life in a way that I can now please you from a spirit of gratefulness, not so much duty, but desire. How many of you would like to have prayer because right now you in your own intimate way are engaging with God and you'd like for me to remember you in prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed? Is there anyone at all? I'm trusting Christ as my only hope to get into heaven. Is there anyone? Father, would you just take these truths and help us look at our own life and show us where we're off? Most of us are not off in gross ways, but maybe in some small ways. Father, most of us are caught up trying to force you to accept us, thinking that if we do just this or that, that you just would have to love us then, or you just have to accept us because we kept your law, or we kept your rules or regulations or rituals. Father, just break that idea out of our heads. Remind us that there is now no condemnation because of what Jesus Christ has already done. There is nothing more for us to do to please you because of what you have done on our behalf. And Lord, I know there are some of us who still try to hold on to the trappings, the shadows, rather than worshiping you, the reality. Our Heavenly Father, I know how much all of us need to be reminded just how complete we are in Jesus Christ, that in Him we lack nothing. No matter what our circumstances that surround us tell us, no matter what our senses might be telling us, we're complete in you and lack nothing. We won't look for it in other people or their approval. We won't look for that in some extra experience. We won't look for that in our jobs. We won't look for that in our careers. We won't look for that in our children, our family, our marriage. We will recognize that the fullness that is already ours is found in Jesus Christ, in Him alone. And Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: 607-901 Orlando, Florida, three two eight six zero. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tell me more at makeitclear.org. Thank you and
3: remember to make it clear. FM, AM 950, The Word. Thank you for joining us here for Stan Ponds. Make it clear, find Orlando ministry. Find out more about the ministry, the message, how you can support them financially, and help ensure they stay right here. All that information, you find it right there online at thewordorlando.com. Right now, we have some partly cloudy weather. It's 81, feels like 91. I'm Alan Dempsey at 556. Well, the rainy season, yeah, it's here. Hurricane season, <laughs> it's here. And if your roof is a few years old, then it's time to get ready with a new roof. Check out the huge savings now at AmazingRadioDeals.com. That's AmazingRadioDeals.com. We can save you thousands of dollars on materials and labor from some of the best roofing companies in Central Florida. We know it can be expensive. It's human nature to put that off when we think we can't afford it. But you don't want to miss the biggest investment you've ever made. We can help. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com. Saving thousands on a new roof is possible at AmazingRadioDeals.com. And next at six. It's all too easy to make choices based on convenience instead of conviction. But the believers who remains anchored in the word of God is likely to make sound decisions learn to avoid the danger of drifting on in touch dr charles stanley that's next at six here on 94.9 fm and am 950 the word so you've
4: decided to remodel your kitchen what's next visiting expresscabinets.com should be your first step that's express With an X, Express Cabinets is locally owned and operated by Jim and Keith Foster, the father and son team who've perfected the smooth remodel. Visit ExpressCabinets.com to learn more. That's Express Cabinets... With an X, whether you're completely remodeling your home or simply purchasing cabinets for a rental property, Express Cabinets should be your first step. Express Cabinets kitchen designers will create a 3D rendering of your kitchen to visualize how your project will look in just hours, not days. Your job will be done on time and on budget. Now that's the way it should be and will be when you work with Express Cabinets. Visit ExpressCabinets.com to learn more. That's Express Cabinets with an X see how easy purchasing cabinets and remodeling can be with express cabinets so you've decided to remodel your kitchen what's next visiting expresscabinets.com should be your first step that's express with an X this is Dr. Dan Yachter, D.C. of Nutrimost. I'm here with Orlando basketball legend Nick Anderson, my patient and an amazing success story. What made you try our weight loss program?
3: I want guys that were my heroes growing up in the league, and a few of them passed away because of their health and their weight, and I want to be around for my children. How are your results? I'm almost 29. I don't think I'm, I'm looking pretty good.
4: We customized the program just for you. What did you think about that? program that I was on, fit my body, fit my knee, and look in the mirror now, and
3: look at the change I've made. I'm so amazed at my results now. Get
4: back to your playing weight with our amazing program. We even guarantee at least 20 pounds of weight loss. Schedule your appointment today by dialing 407-915-3884 or sign up online at LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com. That's LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com or call 407-915-3884. That's Loseweight Central Florida.com, or call 407-915-384 now.
3: Don't let summertime fun get in the way of choosing the right school for your child. Contact Holy Cross Lutheran Academy today for a tour at thehcla.org. When considering preschool through high school education for your child, remember it's your child, your choice, their future. It's up to you to make the change. If you're not satisfied, explore your options. 84.9
0: FM and AM 950. Central Florida's
1: WTLN Orlando.
0: The word where faith comes by hearing.